The worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. My guest today describes himself thus. I was born and raised in the seaside community of Laguna Beach, California, and I've had the privilege of living through so many journeys and pursuits of creative passions. From my time as a semi-professional surfer, studio and touring guitarist, graphic designer, and yes, it's true, even being signed to Wilhelmina Models and walking runway for D&G as a strapping young lad, my life has been a truly a storied adventure. The biggest of which was selling all my possessions 12 years ago and moving to Maui for a clean decade. It was during this time I fell effortlessly into the world of wedding photography when a friend asked me to photograph her wedding. With a sense of trepidation, but always with a keen spirit for a new challenge, I accepted, and yet another challenge began to write itself. I share my life with my smoking hot wife of 17 years and our two incredible daughters. Welcome, Chris J. Evans. Hey, James. Hello, hello. I have to ask, the J, what does the J stand for? Jordan Lee, it's hyphenated, named after my uncle and my dad's best friend. Wonderful. And have you always done that, or is it just since there was a... Hollywood actor, because you, you do look very similar, I must admit. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pe- people could get confused. Yeah, you know what? Once the People magazine named him Sexiest Man Alive, you know, I had to, like, differentiate myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, you seem to have one hell of a life in terms of what you've led for the past certain number of years. So you seem to have, have done several lifetimes already, but um, and and we are going to go into it. But let's um, start off with your earliest memories. And you, where do you, you, you grew up in Laguna Beach. So tell me about your childhood, your family, your first memory. For sure. So, you know, I grew up in an amazing creative home. My mom was a couture wedding dress designer and jewelry designer. My dad was a, a famed like philosopher and architect and, and sculptor and just real man of mystery so my oldest memories is just is spending endless days at the beach and being surrounded by not only my parents creativity but the most incredible friends group of them and like every uncle and auntie that ever came to my house was some wildly successful artistic colorful person so it was really amazing okay and what's your first memory gosh i think the very first one it's a tie between like endless days at the beach of just like being like naked at the beach cruising around or just being in my mom's shop surrounded by beautiful women and people just getting dressed and like living in that world of fashion so i can't decide but it's one of those Mm -hmm. okay wonderful wonderful so i have to ask a semi-professional surfer studio and touring guitarist i mean it just sounds like the life that we all want to leave lead surely i mean why did you what happened why are you still doing it dude (laughs) well you know i mean i'll be honest with you you know there's there's a point in your career as an athlete and as a musician where there's there's so many things that you can't control you know like as a as an athlete can't control the people that are coming up better than me i can't control 
you know, the, how far my skill level went. And then as a musician, you know, if you don't have the right manager, the right agent, and you don't get that one hit song, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard to control your destiny, you know, and I'm very pragmatic and I got to make support. So I had to, I had to make a few decisions. Okay. Okay. So, and then your modeling career. Now tell me what were you spotted going through an airport? Like every single model seems to be, or, or did you just send in your picture and hope for the best? This one was pretty funny. I, um, you know, a girlfriend of mine at the time, she was a model and she said that her agency was looking for more guys and I should go check it out. And so I walked in one day, got some pictures done and, uh, kind of the rest was history for a few years there. (laughs) <laughs> and you were on the D&G catwalk seemed like you did quite well that was one of my big ones yeah I walked uh, walked runway for Dolce & Gabbana in Vegas over this clear acrylic runway over the pool and I had this crazy outfits and then that led to some big campaigns and um, it was super fun for a few years and then uh, you know again I just kept floating around on to the next adventure <laughs> you really have had the life you really have it's, it's the life that most guys just dream of having, I think. Anyway, anyway. You know, it was pretty wild, you know. Growing up in Laguna, like, everyone, all my friends were so cool. So if you wanted to, like, date a hot chick, you had to be pretty cool at something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then in 2010, you made a big decision. So tell us all about that and what was the thinking behind it. Yeah, so, you know, I got to rewind just a pinch to 2008. I was in a pretty crazy surfing accident and broke my back and um it was during that recovery i had i had my little come to jesus moment if you will and uh up until that point my wife my smoking hot wife um she had made so many sacrifices for me she always supported my bands and my music and like she was kind of the breadwinner in the beginning she definitely was and um it was during that recovery you know we had been to maui and i said you know what babe you sacrifice so much to always let me live my dream let's try your dream so we sold everything we left the bands and we moved to maui and um literally that that was the whole genesis of me getting into the wedding business and changing my life and why we're you and i are talking today wow okay okay so you really did sell everything literally eight duffel bags you, you got there with eight duffel bags and that was it and what you slept in a hot on the beach for a, a, 10 years or or it was just yeah, you, know, you just just chilled out and skipped out. We basically were in a hut for like maybe the first two years. It's a very small, like six hundred square foot little. They they're called ohanas, like little guest houses in Maui. But it was on this two acre lot, rainbows every morning, and life was very simple. Just eating mangoes and canned tuna and guava, and going to the beach every day. So life was simple. God, <laughs> you really have had the life. Oh, I'm so jealous. I really am. I really am just so jealous. And then you became a wedding photographer, which is why we're talking here today. And a a friend of yours just came up to you and said, hey, I think you could be good behind a camera, not just in front of it. Take some snaps of me on the most important day of my life. I'll risk everything because I trust you. Yes. It goes a little deeper than that. But essentially, I mean, that was it. You know, I'd, I'd always been into photography. My mom's best friend, had given me my first camera back in the 1900s, probably about 1995. <laughs> and um, I just loved it. So everywhere I went on my adventures, like whether it was bands or modeling, I always had a camera with me. So I was taking pictures of people and things, friends. So it was always part of me. Um, I just hadn't really done too much professionally until I'd had that break in my back accident. 
then I decided I'm going to get back into photography. I started shooting actors, models. And then, so I had my background and I just had never done a wedding before until my friend had asked me. Okay, wonderful. Well, let's move, move on to your likes and dislikes. And and um, so, obviously, you are a photographer. So, is it your favorite art form or, or do you gravitate towards fine arts, film, music? My, my favorite art is music. They're like playing guitar and especially playing with people. You know, there's some, there's a magical, there's a magical thing that happens. And you as a music lover know this. It's like when, when you see a band playing and you're playing with people, that amount of vibration is so incredible. And everybody's doing something different, but it all works for the same, for the same thing. There's nothing like that. That camaraderie of being in bands. Like music is my favorite art form, I think. Okay, and who's your favorite guitarist? Who did did you model your your career on? Andy Summers is uh, Andy Summers and the Edge mm-hmm. are my two absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. A couple Wonderful. of your countrymen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, the, the Edge is yeah. The, the Edge is Irish, Irish, I suppose. Yeah. But yes, but yeah. yeah Alex, Andy Summers <laughs> from the Police. Yes, who is probably the member of the Police who's less known. I mean, if people people wouldn't know his name, I think if you if you but the, they know who's. Stuart Copeland or Sting is, but he was a forgotten one, I suppose. Yeah, Andy Summers is my absolute favorite. I mean, I play Fender Stratocasters because of him, and my whole sound is based off of chorus and delay. So, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And do you remember the first gig you went to? And don't say, tell me that you were playing in it, please. I, I wish. Believe my, you. <laughs> my very first concert, my older brother took me to, was Iron Maiden at the Irvine Meadows in like I think I was in fifth grade, so it must be like nineteen eighty nine or something. It was, Many Iron Maiden, that's that's Bruce Dickinson, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was yes. amazing. Yeah. Run to the hills. I remember at school, yes, everyone all having that album. Wonderful. And the t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still have somewhere. And do you like movies? Are you a film buff? What's your, what's your favorite film? Love movies. Man, my favorite film of all time has got to be Animal House. It's one of the best comedies of all time. It's, it's, it's the perfect comedy to me. I mean, it, it's got it all. But besides that, I love action and adventure. It's like my favorite genre. Hard to drag my wife to those, but um, we end up gravitating to rom-coms together, but I am an action and adventure guy. Okay. Just just out of interest, you didn't go to university, so you wouldn't know. You you, you didn't have the frat house experience that Animal House obviously did. I did. I did. I was basically um, a guest um, at most universities that all my friends went to, so... I definitely, <laughs> I had the proxy experience for sure. <laughs> hey, we're going to have the sofa do round this weekend. Yes. Hey, hey, great. Get get some beers in for him. Hide, hide yeah. the girls. Here he comes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, someone had to do it. Another question is, do you have a special talent? Does it ever come out? But I mean, I mean you've done it. You play guitar, you surf. You, 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 you chase hot women, you know, um, you've been on the, on the runway. I mean, what more is there? Well, let, let's just put this into context. Chase, you know, I was finally <laughs> caught, but I, I do, I do have one more secret talent that does oh come out God. from time to time. And, um, I, in middle school, I was a huge magic nerd. So that's, that's my one little like segue into things that weren't super cool on paper. But every now and then, I will bust out some sleight of hand or some card tricks and uh, blow some lights mm. with that. Oh, right. Well, you're coming to Venice, aren't you? So I am, yeah. Uh, so so maybe you can bring some tricks with you. I will. And and, <laughs> and can you give me some advice on how to make, make my ex-wife disappear as well, please? 
Usually money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh no, she's she she's had it all. Sadly, never oh, mind. Man. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and then try the sword trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> I haven't met her. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to. It's fine. So, in ten years, where would you want to be, both professionally and personally? I've been in the wedding business now twelve years, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, in 10 more years, I would really like to see myself in a very comfortable situation where I'm doing maybe 10 events a year that are absolutely my choice of where and with who. I'd love to have just multiple investment properties. I'm basically trying to create the life where I have as much free time as possible, where so I could be home with my girls and my family and right here at my home beach where the waves are amazing and uh, the vibes are good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. If you had a choice of any bar in the world, you had a bar in your home with every single drink behind it and the best bar in the world, you got to the bar, what do you order? Yeah, I'm a little simple in this world. I love, I love, love, love high quality Reposado tequila, um, just on a big block of ice with a ton of limes. It's just my favorite drink and um, it's really easy and uh, it's my favorite drink and I'll do any sort of bespoke small batch tequila as long as it's reposado i like when it's rested just a little bit wonderful okay and if you have a chef come to your home play some food in fact uh, what would they make for you i would have an incredible array of beautiful vegetarian food and sushi so i'm a pescatarian but i do love my sushi and my raw fish okay and would you serve that at a dinner party in your own home I would. It would. It would be a little. There'd be a lot more color going on. Definitely some creativity in the rolls, the salads, and uh, all kinds of tasty, tasty goods. But there wouldn't be any land land critters served at my party. Okay. Okay. No. No land critters allowed. And at a dinner party, who would be there? Now, this is your chance now to have your dream dinner party. Anybody alive or dead? Andy Summers. He's gonna be. He's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be chilling. We're gonna have a jam. You know, um, it's probably mostly going to be musicians. You know, I'll have Andy Summers. I'd love Jimi Hendrix because he'll bring the best drugs. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, (laughs) Bob Marley because, you know, he'll bring bring some other stuff. He'll bring lots of amazing stuff. And you wouldn't remember anything that went on, I'm sure. He'll bring high (laughs) vibes. Um, I'm really into meditation and and I love expanding my mind with big thinkers. So I'd love Alan Watts and Raul Doth. I think that table would be pretty spectacular and you of course james and i think uh oh, well. that group of people would be pretty solid <laughs> well well uh, that is if those people are there I'm, i'll i'll be the first one through the door i'll be there before Perfect. anybody else i Perfect. can assure you of that okay well that sounds an amazing um dinner party that'll be wonderful it'd be fun and then okay so i mean you're pretty chilled out kind of guy so you probably don't need but do you go anywhere to relax when you've been working very, very hard? Or you need to get away from it all? What do you do? So when we moved back, we, you know, we were really struggling on where we were going to live in California. So we did a lot of meditation because there's so many amazing places here. Um, at first, we were going to go to Santa Barbara, but it's, it's so expensive up there. And we were like meditating. Where's our perfect place? Where's our perfect place? And by chance, I was in L.A. for a job. And my buddy said, let's go surf with my brother up in Oxnard. I was like, oh, man, it's kind of far. Like, I don't know. So I finally committed and went. And Oxnard in the 90s was very localized. Like, you could not come and surf here. It was like tires slashed, rocks. Your car would be destroyed. Like, you get beat up. So it was very territorial. 
um, I came up here and things have kind of changed and evolved. And now this is my absolute favorite place of anywhere I've ever been in the world. So I would be right here in my house with my beach and I would be, I go right out there across the street. I literally run 30 seconds to the sand. And oh, my, my favorite place. Wow. Wonderful. Okay. So we've talked about the good stuff. Let's talk about the bad stuff. What irritates you? What would you put into room 101? George Orwell's room of everything he, which is bad in the world. I cannot stand giant egos. I cannot stand people who take themselves too seriously. I have no patience for the meanness and negative vibrations. You know, I, I'm such a, I try to live my life as such a being of positivity that I cannot stand when people take themselves, like think they're better than anyone else for any reason. You know, I live such a blessed life. I feel so lucky all the time. So I feel it's our, our duty for people that do get to live creative lives to share positivity. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. And your holiday? I mean, um, I know that your home isn't allowed, I'm afraid. In the <laughs> just seems to be the obvious answer. But um, actually, do you, do you actually go on holiday or do you just stay at home because home is just one big holiday, I suppose? No, we love holiday. We just came back. We did five days and we were up in Big Sur. We stayed in this amazing <laughs> old cabin built in the 20s. And it was like, it was our version of camping. Because <laughs> we're not really campers, but camping to us is there's a bathroom and a refrigerator and a shower. So... Uh, we found this amazing place. We were up in, we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, we spent time with the kids. We were in nature. We just, it was very low key, but yeah, we do love the holiday. And honestly, anywhere I'm together with my wife, my kids is a holiday. We love to travel. We did a great trip to Italy a few years back and it's time to revisit that adventure for sure. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, and I imagine there's a very long answer to this, but what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? Because believe you me, you've had the life where you can do a lot of naughty things. You know, I ran this one by my wife first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very smart man, James. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we sort of landed on our honeymoon. We went to Cabo San Lucas and we, we were young too. I mean, we've been married 17 years together for 23 years and, <laughs> uh, we were just out and about, forget the club, maybe it was Carlos O'Brien's or something, but we were sending it so hard. We were drinking all the tequila. The guys were coming around like the mariachi hats, forcing shots down your throat. And I think we were making out <laughs> so, so hard on the dance floor. Like you guys, even in Mexico, you guys are too much. You got to go. <laughs> so that was a pretty solid one. And then nine months later, our first daughter was born. Well, there we go. I was about to say you wanted to... <laughs> I bet people were shouting at you to get a room, and, and obviously you did. So we did. That's it all good. worked out. Yeah, that's good. Be. That's good. <laughs> okay. And then in terms of confessing your sins, my God, again, how long have we got? But uh, anything you want to get off your chest? You know, I, I just, I just really one thing that does irk me too in, in our world is when you have all these like closed doors and all these like you know, there's all these like gatekeepers that want to like keep opportunity from each other. And, and I'm really been living a life of gratitude, especially this year. So I just think every opportunity we have to uplift each other, let's take that opportunity and be confident in ourselves, and our own careers. So I just, I just don't like when people want to hoard all their own opportunity and not uplift others. That That's, I want to get that off my chest. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. So we're, coming to the end of our time now here today 
Darn. Um, so I could do this at 5 a.m. with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the West Coast, aren't you? I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, I must admit. Hats off to you, sir, for getting up at five o'clock in the morning to speak to me. That's all I can say. But people who know me know it's my life. I'm up at five. I'm in the gym at 5.30. So this is my routine. Wow. So wow. Good. And you go to bed at midnight, do you? Yes. Are you the five-hour sleep kind of guy? No, I get about seven. Um, ten o'clock. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So thank you, Chris J. Evans, former model, lover of his <laughs> hot wife, frustrated magician, copier of obscure police guitarists, hater of negative vibrations, and a guy that always has to get a room. Thank you very much, sir. James, thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.